It's Fire Away Friday. Fire Away Friday. On Exploring the Word, this is your chance to ask us your Bible question at 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. You can also email your question at word at AFR.net or visit Facebook.com slash Exploring the Word. Exploring the Word. It's Fire Away Friday on American Family Radio. With Fire Away Friday, we want your Bible questions, and we're ready for that. And that number, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. That's the number you want to call, and Alex and I want to hear from you today. Looking forward to those Bible questions that you have. We enjoy them, and uh, more than anything, we want to glorify the Lord Jesus we do these Bible studies, not so you'll know more Bible, but so you'll know our God better. And when mm. you st- spend time in the Bible, you can know him. Alex, it's good to be with you. And man, it's Fire Away Friday. It it seems like it comes every week, brother. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, about, about once a week, we do have Friday and we have Fire Away Friday. And we're so glad everybody's listening. In fact, I'm going to give that telephone number. It's 888-589-8840. And we are just so honored that you're listening, everybody, and Bert and I are honored to take your Bible questions. And uh, hey, as we get into the calls, uh, let me read a quote. May I, Bert, I was having my devotions this morning, and I pulled a book off the shelf by J. Sidlow Baxter. Hey, man, one of my uh, heroes, brother. Ring yeah. a bell. You better believe it. I love that man. You he, know, he's I gone to be with the Lord, but he, he had a, he had a, uh, knowledge of scripture and he could put it down brother yes he did i think he was from scotland i think and i love to recommend good devotional books but uh sidlow baxter and it's spelled like s s i d l o w j the letter j that was an initial j sidlow baxter had a devotional book called awake my heart really good devotional book and uh he was talking about in one of these how only jesus says what you do with me will determine where you spend eternity. Now, there have been a lot of religious leaders that said, do this or don't do that. But Jesus was saying, what you do with me will determine where you go after this life. Now, Baxter writes this, quote, Fundamentally, our Lord's message was himself. He did not merely come to preach a message. He himself is that message. He himself is the gospel. He did not come merely to give bread. Sorry, let me turn that phone up. He did not come merely to give bread. He said, I am the bread. He did not come merely to shed light. He said, I am the light. He did not come merely to show the door. He said, I am the door. Jesus did not come merely to name a shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd. He didn't only point the way, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Bert, I was reading that, and I was thinking about how Baxter's uh, observations are so true that it's not just a message, but it's a relationship. Amen. And everybody can have that relationship. You can have that relationship with the King of Kings, the Son of God who gave his life for you, and amidst everything else that we say, and we share a lot of information on this program, I know that we do, but friend, I can sum it all up in John 3.16, that 
Whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And we hope you have that relationship with Jesus too. We certainly do. And let me just tell you, you look for Jesus on every page. That's what you want to do. Uh, yes, you want to know and have knowledge of the characters that's in the Bible and what you can learn from them. You want to know the promises that you have. You want to heed the warnings that it gives. But more than anything, you want to know the God of the Bible. And mm. he is revealed to us in Jesus Christ. And so uh, I love that devotion. Jay Sidlow, uh, man, he knocked that one out of the park, as usual. And yeah. so, the Alex, thank you for sharing that today. Hey, we've got people already lined up, ready to ask uh, questions. Are you ready to go to the phone lines? How about we go down to Georgia, and from Georgia, we'll speak with Tony. Tony, welcome to Exploring the Word. Thank you. Yeah. You're on. Uh, yes, I would uh, like to know, would it be false doctrine if a preacher that preaches from the King James Version says that he will not baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, or the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus? Mm. Okay, go ahead, Alex. Uh, you know, I'm going to start this out. Thank you, Tony. Probably 25, 30 years ago, a movement came along based on, well, really based on uh, Acts 2.38, and it was, it's the oneness movement, and part of the oneness movement is the idea that you can only baptize in the name of Jesus only. And Bert, uh, because of the Trinity, and, you know, I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush, but some of the oneness people deny the Trinity. And I even went so far, one time I was talking about uh, talking to a man about this, and he believed that if you, like in Matthew 28, uh, baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that you were committing some type of terrible heresy. Bert, I, I really am a little bit leery of those that would um, say that you know, you can only baptize in the name of Jesus. Because listen to this, there was an early church heresy called modalism, M-O-D-A-L. And the modalist that didn't really understand or accept the Trinity, they said, well, see, in the Old Testament, God was in the form or the mode of the Father. And in the New Testament, in the form of Jesus, and now in the form of the Holy Spirit. And you know, Acts 2.38 says, Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. But you know what? They leave out the last part of that. It says, And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So really, the, um, you know, two members of the Trinity are invoked in one of their key verses, Acts 2.38. So let, let me say, if you invoke the name of Jesus only, to the exclusion of the Father and the Spirit, um, I would say that is, um, maybe if I said um, the word heresy, that might be too strong, but at least I'll say this, it's less than the complete message. Yeah. It's wrong. Let me share that with you. You know, at Jesus' baptism, uh, the Father spoke and the Holy Spirit descended all in one place at one time. And uh, that sure does away with modalism. And I, 
I would say it's wrong. Uh, just leave it in yeah. there. Sometimes we want to put titles on things, Alex, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, I've done that with liberal and and conservative, you know. Uh, I want to be a liberal giver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's under the Lord, but I, I want to be conservative in, in the area of, of what the Bible has to say. So, so watch out. Uh, names and titles and uh, labels. Yeah, labels. Don't be too quick. Uh, be kind of laborsome on that. I'm not saying people certain things do not deserve it. They do, but be careful. Make sure it, if you use it too much, Alex. You know what's going to happen is everything's going to have it. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So Tony, thank you for that good question. Good question. Okay, Brad in Texas. Brad, thank you for holding. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Good to have you. Hey, uh, I'm a bivocational youth director for a small church, and one of my kids saw a video last night on TikTok. He was asking me about a question about hell, where he saw a video where a guy was saying that Pope Gregory is 8,500 was the first person to put hell in the Bible. And when I started doing the research to help him out, all I could find was more stuff from more deconstructionists and really couldn't find a good answer um, to help him out. Alex, you got that question? Uh, I didn't hear. I didn't see the Pope Gregory. Uh, yeah. And, and what about Pope Gregory? Uh, well, the guy was saying that Pope Gregory was the first person to put the word hell in the Bible. Oh, uh, no. Oh, no. Okay, uh, I got it there. Go ahead. Yeah, I got sorry. it. No, actually, um, in the English Bible, some words that are translated hell uh, include, well, you know, like Sheol, the realm of the dead, but uh, then there is the, you know, the place of punishment like Hades, and then there's a place where demons are sequestered away till the final judgment called Tartarus. Some demons, not all demons. But no, in the uh, Old Testament and New Testament, by the way, the Old Testament was completed about 400 B.C., the book of Malachi being the last book of the Old Testament. Then the New Testament was completed about uh, 95 A.D., um, but the majority of New Testament books were written about 40 to 70 A.D. Then Revelation, which, of course, Revelation 20 has much about the lake of fire was finished 95 and they contain vivid graphic descriptions of hell now pope gregory didn't live until the late 500s so i would say to to somehow say that he put the words in the bible about hell uh not true at all my goodness no the bible manuscripts old and new testaments uh war- they promise of heaven, but they warn about hell, don't they, Bert? They sure do. And I, I would say this, hell is so horrible that it it has different uh, names for it, uh, you know? And I would say heaven is so wonderful, it has different names for it. Uh, you know, Abraham's bosom, paradise, uh, heaven, Alex, you know? Uh, this is the contrast that we're talking about, the contrast of it's a place of departed spirits. Those of us that know the Lord Jesus Christ, 
We're going to depart this earth to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. But those who do not know Jesus Christ as Savior, they will depart this earth and they will spend eternity there in this place of torment. Every time I think about this, I think about the rich man in hell. He is still there, still wanting Lazarus mm. to come and place his finger in water and put it on his tongue. He is tormented in these flames. So, Alex, uh, when you talk about hell, it's a place where, you know, it's called the bottomless pit, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it's where there's the gnashing of teeth, the wailing and gnashing of teeth. And so, yes. listen, if you're listening today and you do not have this relationship that Alex and I have talked about, that, that J. Sidlow Baxter talked about Jesus being the only way, uh, come to Christ. Don't delay there's no need of delay. Don't put it off. Alex, uh, delay is Satan's workshop many times, isn't it? It really is. It really is. And you know what? Uh, these are great questions. It's Fireway Friday, 888-589-8840. All questions for all the hour. And the next is from Lynn in Mississippi. Welcome. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. yes, go right ahead. You don't have a lot of time, Lynn. Get it in, and we'll answer it on the other side of the break. Okay, all right. I'll just answer, and then, ha okay. Uh, when I was a little girl, a preacher said that for 400 years, Israel was, you know, strangers in another land, and there was 400 years of silence, and we almost had our King James Bible 400 years. I never got over that. But uh, about a year ago, a preacher stood up, and he said that number— is 430 and he went to exodus how they came out of the land the self-same night it was 430 years and then he went through and showed where from the ten commandments till david sat on the throne was 430. okay, okay. we're going to look at that at that we'll bring that lean hang on don't hang up and we'll come back right after this break this is pause to pray a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Scott Stump, Assistant Secretary for Career, Technical, and Adult Education. Mr. Stump is an advisor to the Secretary of Education and helps enhance education and training resources. Ecclesiastes 7.12 reminds us of the importance of training and education. Wisdom is a shelter as money is a shelter, but the advantage of knowledge is this, Wisdom preserves those who have it. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Scott Stump as he helps prepare Americans for career opportunities. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Action heroes are often ruggedly independent and act as if they don't need anyone or anything. But Dr. Tony Evans says that attitude puts us in conflict with the very nature of God. He'll explain today as we spend two minutes with Tony. He says, I am who I am. I am defined by myself. I am self-defined. I do not have to go outside of myself for anything. You are only you because there is a mother and a father. In other words, if there was nothing outside of you, you wouldn't be you. Let God take away the oxygen, you still won't be you. 
because you and I are dependent outside of ourselves to exist, food and clothes and, and, and breathing and living and houses and everything about you depends on something that's not directly you in order for you to still be you because you are not self-contained, therefore you are not independent. That's why God hates independence. He hates independence because the moment you become independent, you're saying, I am self-contained and I'm self-sufficient, to which God says, no, you're a fool, okay? The moment you develop self-sufficiency, which basically is pride and independence, you have now become an enemy of God because God knows better. Actually, you know better, but you don't want to admit it. I know better too. If you're ready to declare your dependence on God by committing your life to Him, visit TonyEvans.org, click on the top menu, and follow the Jesus link. He'll explain what it means to be a real Christian and describe the amazing difference it'll make in your life today and for eternity. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. What will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Bert and Alex with you on Fire Away Friday. Hey, let me share with you. We still have room. People are registering, and it's exciting to see all the names come in for our Pastor and Wife Fishbowl Retreat, October the 19th through the 21st this year at Pickwick Landing State Park. That's near Savannah, Tennessee, on the Tennessee River. Beautiful. All the rooms will look over the Tennessee River. My wife, Jan, and I will be there sharing and and. So will Ed Vitagliano, a special appearance by J.J. Jasper. And you can go to repairingthefoundations.net, repairingthefoundations.net and register. Uh, talk to your pastor and his wife. Make sure they're clear October the 19th through the 21st. And that's Pastor Appreciation Month, Alex. And, and it's an opportunity to appreciate the pastor and his family, his, you know, maybe a staff member. We had one church that sent the pastor and two staff members one year. So it's, it's, wow. it's open to all of them. So we're excited about that, uh, the pastor and wife fishbowl retreat. It will, and it really is good. I've been to one before, and it is tremendous. And again, how can people uh, find that online, Bert? They can go to repairingthefoundations.net, that's plural, and you'll see it up there, the Fishbowl Retreat. Go to that link, and you can register right there online. Well, praise God. Well, you know, before the break, we were talking to uh, Lynn from Mississippi. By the way, the number is 888-589-8840 for your calls. Lynn, you had a question about two numbers related to Scripture, the number 400 and the number 430. You, you want to rephrase that question, and Bert and I will respond? Okay. Thank you. Uh, the 400 uh, was, as a child, the man said that, you know, they wonder Israel, it's pertaining to Israel, and they wondered 400 years, and then there was 400 silent years before Jesus, and then he said, we've almost had our King James 400. Well, something in my heart just bubbled, and I never forgot it. But last year, a preacher took Galatians 3.16, and he said a covenant is confirmed 
at 430 years, and he gave all these details of how that number has um, played out in Israel's politics and in their history since the beginning of time. And he said that the uh, Ten Commandments were given, and 430 years later, David sat down on the throne. And then he said Ezekiel laid on his side naked a total of 430 days. And Eber uh, was, had Peleg and lived 430 years, and it's a going over. It's, he, 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 it was amazing. He just went through the Bible. Even the tabernacle was in use, I think, a little bit over 430. But he said if this number has anything to do, you know, with the King James Bible reaching that milestone, he said you take seven years off of the tribulation because it's to do with Israel. He said how soon are we close to the Lord's coming back? And, I, you know, it gets you excited. I've been witnessing ever since, just telling people mm. about Jesus. But I'm like, have you heard anything like that before? Um, let me start, and Bert, I'll let you uh, respond as well. And, Lynn, thank you very much. By the way, um, one of the best books that I've had, and, and I've owned this book 20 years, there was a man named E.W. Bullinger, B-U-L-L-I-N-G-E-R, E.W. Bullinger. And he wrote a number of books, which I think are good books. One was called Number in Scripture. And in the Bullinger book, he talks about numbers, single-digit numbers like 3 and 6 and 7, and larger numbers like 400, 430, and 450. Uh, And he, in my opinion, Bert, gives a biblical and a balanced look at these now, let me, let me just say this. In the Bible, you read a lot of numbers. In Genesis 15, 13, uh, God said to Abraham that, that your descendants will dwell in a land that is not theirs, and they will be afflicted 400 years. And you'll see the number 430, uh, like in Exodus 1240, the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt 430 years. You know, it's interesting. Um, 400 discontented men came to appeal to David. Uh, there were 400 prophets uh, of the grove that men- is mentioned in the Old Testament. And you, you see numbers like this. Now, let, let me just say this, Bert. Um, when you read like Galatians 3.16, to Abraham and his seed were promises made, and he saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. That's Galatians 3.16. Let me just say this. As much as I believe in biblical study, I sometimes, Bert, and this is just me, correct me if I'm wrong, sometimes I get a little nervous when people get really, really, really complex about trying to calculate the time of the Lord's return. I think the great... I, I do believe we're in the last days. I really do. But it's not because of uh, parsing out numbers which we might get wrong. Uh, I believe we're in the last days because of Israel and activity in the Middle East, the wiring of the planet, the abolition of morals all around the world. The Think about this, the global enforcement. And I mean with the abortion, gay marriage, homosexual rights, transgenderism. We're witnessing the global mandating that you go along with these things, which the Bible calls sin. So iniquity. um, The reason I'm a little leery of long, circuitous prophecies around numbers 
is because Bert, it's they're they're so esoteric, they're not immediately evident. And it is possible for even well-intentioned people to get off on a rabbit trail and wind up in a place that is convincing only to them. And uh, we know Christ is coming. We know as we get near the end of the age, evil will wax worse and worse. I do think we're seeing that, and that's not debatable at all, you know. So, Bert... um, I, I'm just saying, let's keep it about Jesus because that is very clear. What do you say, Bert? I agree with you fully, and I'm not just saying that. Those numbers, I mean, there's people that want to make every number in the Bible mean something, uh, you know, hidden, you know? And mm-hmm. and sometimes it's just telling you the number of the fish they caught. Sometimes it's just telling you the number of people that were taken captive or the number that was, was killed during that battle. And and I, I agree with you. The numbers are there, but the issue is Jesus said, only my Father knows. And it says, you know, we can't know the day. And everybody said, well, we can know the seasons. Well, I, I believe that too, and you've already stated that well, Alex. But I, I'm just telling you, at certain places, at certain times, uh, during World War II, there uh, in Europe, when so many people were dying and what was going on, uh, they were thinking, Lord's got to come back. He's got to come back at any time because look what's happening. Uh, Paul even expected the possibility of Jesus returning his lifetime. And and so, Alex, I agree with you. Uh, the numbers, they, they're good to look at, but I, I'd be car- careful of making numerology a, a, a mm. scientific or even a prophetic way. God's God's calendar is His calendar, and it's not ours. And yeah. I want to state this, and I'm I've, I've said it three or four times since I've heard it. We're not to be on the planning committee. We're on the welcoming committee. So oh, let's wow. let's That's be ready one. for His return. Be ready. And uh, I agree with you. We're in the last. It looks like we're in the last days of the last days. We've been mm-hmm. in the last days since the church has been here, if you use the biblical terminology, you know. But, uh, we, hey, let's get ready. And when he comes, let's not find ourselves wasting our days and our times. W- wonderfully stated. Uh, up in Ohio, Jeff in Ohio, a lot of great folks up in Ohio. Jeff, we're honored to speak with you. Oh, you guys are great. Um, I have a quick question. Um, as Christians, we're supposed to love our neighbor, but how are we supposed to feel about uh, Lucifer? I'm going to hang up and listen for your answer. I love you. Hey, man, Alex, I just want to tell this. I, my wife's family, there's a little child, and his mom, uh, who's Jan's niece, was teaching them about loving and caring for everyone. And the little boy said, well, man, you mean we're to love the devil? And uh, so, so Jeff's question reminds me of that it says we're to be aware of him you know Mm -hmm. and we're not to be ignorant of his devices uh no uh, his his decision has already been made and it's against god and against us isn't it well yes and well said c.s lewis one time said and and by the way c.s lewis was a, a great thinker He lived 1898 to 1963, brilliant defender of the faith. But he said there's two mistakes to make about the devil. 
One, to deny that the devil exists. And then he said another mistake is to become obsessed with things like uh, Satan and demons and things like that. Uh, Lewis really advised, we know about Satan. We know what the Bible says about Lucifer and his fall. Uh, We're aware, but Lewis really advised readers, think about Jesus, uh, invest your mind and your bandwidth in thinking about Christ. And, you know, I've had people ask me, we're supposed to hate the devil, right? Well, yes, because he's the enemy of God. But um, I just, I don't want to expend a lot of energy thinking about or mustering the energy to hate Satan uh, I think we're much better served to invest our waking hours worshiping our Savior and thinking and learning about Him, Amen. really. Let me say something here about spiritual warfare. Uh, I, it is spiritual warfare every day living for Christ. But mm-hmm. if you start studying Satan and his tactics and what he does, I, I just want to tell you, I don't think that's the way to go. We're not ignorant of him. Our concentration is upon Jesus and and yeah. that's who we gaze upon. We look unto him. He is the author and finish of our faith. But in the sidelight, we do notice and we read how Satan operates so that we will not be uh, fooled. Don't give Satan so much time. Give Jesus more time. And uh, I think you'll be ready for that warfare that comes your way if you will just submit yourself, walk in the Spirit, and claim the promises of God as a follower of Christ. Uh, I, th- I think we can be a part, and co- God will see us through, won't he? Amen. Amen. Still in Ohio, but this time we're talking with Ann. Ann, thank you for holding, and welcome to Exploring the Word. Hi there. I was wondering if there was anywhere I could get a copy of your Daniel and Revelation study you did at the Cove. I looked at the AFA store, but I didn't see it there. Well, God bless you. Thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. Um, Interestingly, Bert and I together did a study on Revelation and prophecy, and I was just this week working on an article with Randall Murphy because it's going to be offered in the AFA Journal in, I think it's October, isn't it, Bert? I think that's what I heard Randall say. And... um, now, what I did at the Cove a couple of years ago the, and the Billy Graham Training Center, by the way, I praise the Lord, I'll be back there in 22 and in 23. And uh, what I'm going to be doing at the Cove, uh, and their website is the Cove, T H E C O V E dot org. Uh, next summer, I'm going to be doing the book of First Peter. And then in 2023, should the Lord tarry, I'll be doing the book of Second Peter. So, Amen. Um, very honored every time we get to go to the Cove, but um, maybe they recorded it. To be honest, I don't really know. Uh, and when I did the Cove series on Daniel and Revelation, that was along the time Bert and I were doing our notes on Revelation and Bible prophecy. So um, they're by that measure, I mean, they're very, very, very similar. It's just when I was at the Cove, Bert wasn't with me. But if you get the AFA product, which is, I'm sure, at the AFA store, it's essentially the identical material that, that I did at the Cove. But um, if you email the Cove, maybe they did record that. I'm just not sure, Bert. Amen. And thank you for that great call. And uh, listen, if you didn't hear Alex this, let me share with you. 
Uh, anytime you can get Alex or go hear Alex, you will be blessed. He's great on the radio, but I just want to say he's even better in person. And, well, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's a lot easier to see and, to you know, when we're, it's fun to hear them, but it's fun looking at them when you're preaching to them, isn't it? I mean, preaching it, it and really teaching is. and, uh, that makes a difference. Thank you, Ann. Uh, yes, thank you. And and for all those that drive, sometimes hundreds of miles, we meet people. And this week, a dear brother from Chesterfield, Virginia, came to hear me for several days, Tim Blake. And just um, all summer long, I've met listeners of Exploring the Words, many of whom have driven hundreds and hundreds of miles. And it, it just means the world to us. And we just want to say we love you and all of you who come to see us or you listen we sincerely, sincerely thank you. Uh, right now, Colby in Kentucky. Colby, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hey, guys. Um, I just have, like, it's a twofold question, and it's about Satan and numbers, so stuff we've already talked about today. Um, so when Satan's bound for a thousand years in the pit, it says that we will reign and rule with him for a thousand years. And then after that, he's released. Um how long does it take between the time that he's released and the time that he's thrown in the lake of fire? How many years would that be? And on the other part of that, on the first side of that, what are we going to do after the thousand years? Because if we ran and rule with him for a thousand years, what do we do after that? Amen. Great question. Man, Alex, go ahead. Hadn't got a lot of time. Get in as much as you can. Well, you know, in Revelation 20, uh, really th 2 and 3 and 4, it says, um, the devil was put in the, the bottomless pit. He could not, literally, it says, he could not fool the nations anymore until the thousand years were completed. After this, he must be free for a, a little while. Um, let's come back after the break and do this justice. So uh, take us out, Bert. I know we've got a break coming. We do, and we've got people lined up, and we're going to try to get to everybody's question that is holding. So stay on there. We'll try to get to you right after the break. We'll be back with more of Fireway Friday. Friendships is offering an exciting opportunity for young adults who want to grow in their walk with God, become physically fit, and learn relief ministry while serving in the Middle East. This is an amazing opportunity to serve God and experience Israel. Check out Seahawks one-year scholarship program at friendships.org or call 337-433-5022. That's 337-433-5022. The next session begins August 19th. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Nick Vujicic, an entrepreneur and evangelist born without his four limbs due to a rare genetic condition, plans to launch Pro-Life Bank, a financial institution that will serve as an alternative to mainstream commercial banks, most of which donate heavily to Planned Parenthood. Vujicic believes he's in a unique position to address issues related to abortion, adoption, and foster care. About 90% of banks give toward abortion. He says Christians must have better options for using God's money. 
he added, 50% of pro-life banks' net profits will be given to Judeo-Christian organizations to further the kingdom of God. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. In Luke chapter 6, verse 27, Jesus said this, Love your enemies. In elementary school, I went to basketball camp. Before we started drills, the coach said, When we run this drill, don't use the basketball, use this medicine ball. And he handed us that heavy leather ball. We started throwing it. It was tough. It wore us out. But after we did drills with the medicine ball, the regular basketball felt like nothing. Loving our enemies is like working out with a medicine ball. It's hard. But if you'll do the heavy work of loving those who hate, abuse, and mistreat you, you'll be better able to love the people you really want to love, your spouse, your kids, friends, and parents. Trust Jesus to help you love your enemies. He'll bless you when you do. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 830 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Welcome back. You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I'm finding myself in the midst of you, beyond the music, beyond the noise. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. It's Fire Away Friday, and we're answering questions that have called in. And we talked to Colby from Kentucky. His question, one of them was, how long between... Satan being released from the pit where he was a thousand years and being thrown into the, the lake of fire later. How long is a while, Alex? <laughs> Just looking at this, uh, Revelation 20, verse 3, uh, it's interesting. It's, now, think about this. The word, you'll instantly know what it means. It says, after the thousand years were completed... Satan was released for a little time, and the Greek word for little time is the word micron. Uh, micro, micron, uh, translated a little while. So it doesn't say, but Bert, when I hear the, the Greek word micro, a micro amount of time, that's, a, that's not long at all, is it? It is not. I don't think it's going to take long for people to know and see and decide, and God We'll take care of it again. Uh, mm-hmm. with, uh, the time frame, uh, there's sufficient of time, but not too much time. That's You know, that's the whole idea. And, and what it says is later on in Revelation 20, I would encourage you to read Revelation 20, but it says he goes out to the world to Gog and Magog and, and literally fools the people or deceives the people. Some will be uh, rebellious against Christ. Now remember... During the at this millennial, the end of the millennial reign, there are people on earth, and they were born during the millennium. Jesus is physically present on earth. They have every reason to, in their heart, trust Jesus. And it turns out that they that they didn't. They rebel. Um, just like I mean, in a way, this will be the third fall. Okay, Lucifer and one third of the angels, they were cast out of heaven. Adam and Eve fell and here at the end of the millennium the third temptation and fall and of course it says 
that the devil, verse 10 of Revelation 20, the devil who deceived them was thrown in, in the lake of fire where the beast and the false prophet are. They will be tormented day and night forever. And so uh, trust Jesus because uh, those who reject him will suffer the same fate as Satan, won't they? They will. Thank you, Now we're going to go to, uh, how about Mississippi? Uh, John in Mississippi, welcome to the American Family Radio Network. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, I just first like to real quick say uh, I uh, can't tell you how much uh, AFR and, and y'all have helped me grow uh, in my Christian life. I wish I could have been listening to you guys back in the 60s when I was a crazy teenager. But praise <laughs> the Lord, I got you now. But <laughs> thank well, you. Bless so thank you, John. Uh, um, my question is fairly simple and almost a loaded one, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, yeah, every morning, uh, I have a quiet time of prayer time. And uh, sometimes, I repeat, sometimes I don't feel like praying. Um, not in the mood, I don't know but just don't feel like praying. And But once I get about, get into it, that does change. But the question, do you guys run into that sometimes? <laughs> mm. John, I, I, I'll i be the first to say, I'm going to use this word. And uh, when I heard you, I wrote these words down, push through. Sometimes yeah. I push through. Uh, what I mean by that, I... I don't, I don't go by my feelings. I go by my need. I need to commune with God. I need it. I'm desperate for it, even though my feelings may be weak. Alex, uh, if we went by our feelings all the time, uh, there's no telling how bad off we'd be, brother. Dr. Jerry Falwell used to say uh, the time most to pray is when you least feel like it. And let's just call it um, maybe a spiritual lethargy, you know, to be lethargic or weak or tired or something like that. And and I think the Bible um, talks about things like this. You know, in Hebrews chapter 4, it talks about the, the Israelites uh, would not use their faith and they would not step out. They held back uh, in unbelief. Um you know, we're, we're humans and we're fallen. And the Bible says, and this is so beautiful, he remembers our frame. He knows that we are but dust. Amen. But let me say, and, and Bert, I'm just going to tell you, I've gotten under conviction. I'll get up and first thing I want to do is, is look at the news or read the paper. And, and many a morning I've thought, Alex, what are you doing? You, you rush to read the newspaper. How about you first read the word of God? And I've, in my heart, said, Lord, forgive me. And so it is, being a disciple, that word is discipline. And um, the Wesleys talked a lot about the spiritual disciplines. So the best thing to do is just, uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit, uh, be strong, seek the Lord. And I have found my days go so much better when I begin my day with Jesus. Wouldn't Amen. you say, Bert? Amen. My wife just texted me, and I want to cherish. This is something. She said, I said, push through, and she used the word push, the letters, push until something happens. It, yeah, amen. Push through. And yes. uh, 
listen, I, I just want to tell you, um, it's worth it. It is worth that time to spend your time. I, I, I know I, it's talking about the Lord's army. We're in the Lord's army. Do you remember that children's uh, little song? I'm in the Lord's army, you know? Yes. And what we need to do is get up every morning and report in for duty. And uh, we need to understand we're nothing but buck privates. <laughs> Don't well think said. of yourself more highly. And and check in every morning and ask for his assignment. You get his assignment in his word, the Holy Spirit, he will give you that. So, John, I just uh, thank you so much. So push God through. You, John. Pray until something happens. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, Linda in Oklahoma. Linda, thank you for holding. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, you're welcome. I just want to tell you that you two just bless me so much. It's well, just, you you all bless us, I tell you. So, my question is, did Jesus really have long hair? Okay. Uh, well, Alex, that's a great question. <laughs> it is. Uh, I don't mean to be—I am not being facetious, I, and I'm not trying to be funny. It's according to what long may be, you know? And mm -hmm. uh, I remember as a youth minister back in the 70s, Alex and I both used men, long hair was really in then. Uh, the Beatles had come out, these rock and roll, and long hair started being. And I had hair that came uh, just a little bit over my ears, Alex. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I'd have people say, well, man, you sure have long hair. Well, that, that wasn't anything compared to the guys wearing it to the shoulders in half. So... We don't know for sure, Linda, Alex, but we do know uh, they plucked his beard out. We know he had a beard. Mm -hmm. That's over in the Psalms when it talks about that. But do we know anything about the hair length? Well, you know, different ones have said the Bible doesn't really give a physical description of Jesus. And in fact, Isaiah 53, 2 says that his appearance was not what attracted people to him. You know, it says, you know, he had no... Uh, beauty or appearance that we should desire him. But at the same time, most scholars have said Jesus would have had what was culturally appropriate for a first century observant Jewish man. And I know, you know, there have been many pictures. By the way, some of the very famous pictures, like the picture of Christ by an artist named Warner Salman, uh, S-A-L-M-A-N, which I think are very reverent, very beautiful pictures. Uh, there was a, a Danish painter named Karl Bloch, B-L-O-C-H. Just some, almost, they move you to tears. They're so beautiful. Um, and uh, other artists, a lot of those artists that have portrayed Christ have uh, taken inspiration from mosaics like tile that have been found from like the first and second centuries. So we don't definitively know, but it would have been what uh, a, a pious Jewish man of the first century would have had. So I guess I would say, Bert, it's, it would, compared to our haircuts, would be long-ish. You know what I mean? I, I believe so, but I, I just want to throw a little bit of humor here. Uh, you heard about the father that had the son that had the long hair, and his father wanted him to cut it, and he just said, no, Dad, I like the long hair. And uh, finally he said, he told his dad, he said, well, Dad, Jesus had long hair, 
And a young boy wanted a car. He had been begging for a car. And a man said, yeah, and Jesus walked everywhere he went, too. So <laughs> you, I, as you, I'm sure Touché. you've heard that. Yeah. But uh, we, we don't know. We just, it's uh, un, not, not for sure. We don't know. But I agree with you. Probably long than, longer than what you and I would wear today. Right. Well, over in Kentucky, Jake in Kentucky, welcome to Exploring the Word. What's up, guys? How are you doing today? Doing good, good to today. Um, I would like Alex to explain the explain the word uh, the word fellowship that is in translated in the Greek in First uh, John chapter one. If if you could do that for me, that word koinonia. Mm-hmm. Well, and and you know, First um, John one three uses that word. Uh, having fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Um, I can look this word up here, but generally, um, fellowship connotes um, relationship, and fellowship with other believers involves the fact that we have the same Savior, we believe the same things, maybe not in every single thing, but in the essentials that we agree in who Jesus is and our relationship with Jesus. And I would say we have fellowship because we have the same priorities, Bert. Um, Worship, growth, Bible study. And when we're talking about koinonia, the, the fellowship of believers, it's what we believe, who we believe in, and what our priorities are. Yeah. What would you say? Bro? Yeah, I would say that it starts with a relationship, Jake. When I have a relationship, and and you have a relationship with Jesus, I have a relationship with Jesus. It should bring us into fellowship. It should. Now there may be some differences, but if you're really following Christ and you're uh, striving, I'm going to use the word striving to follow Him and be that disciple that He wants us to be. I think discipleship runs into fellowship. So you put those ships together, relationship, mm-hmm. discipleship leads to fellowship. And uh, again, not trying to be funny, but I did love this. My professor at Blue Mountain College, uh, James Travis, he'd say, I can tell you what fellowship is. He says, it's two fellows in the same ship. Uh, they hmm. better be rowing together. They better be working together. If they work against one another, they're not going anywhere. And uh, mm. I, I, I can picture that, Alex. You know, we are. Yeah. And, but it starts with that relationship, doesn't it? It, it really does. Got time for a few more questions. 888 on today's edition of Exploring the Word in Tennessee. Ryan, thanks for holding. Welcome. Hey, thank you. Can y'all hear me okay? Yeah, we got you. Hey, uh, regarding the previous caller in numerology, I found that very interesting. Uh, I wanted to say, first of all, I agree with you guys in that we shouldn't spend too much time and energy on that. And for Christ's return, uh, you know, as y'all do, I believe that only the Father knows the hour. So I would say that I, you know, two-thirds agree with y'all's response. Um, However, I do think the numerology is important in that Obviously, some numbers are more significant, like 3, 7, 12, 40. But mm-hmm. I do believe that in addition to holiness and sovereignty, that God is also detail-oriented and accurate. So, for instance, when it says, the Bible says that a certain event occurred on the 10th day of the month, 
I do believe that necessarily means that there was a reason that it didn't happen on the 9th or the 11th. And again, I don't want, I agree with you that we need to study the word to draw close to Christ and to be a witness. Okay. Amen. Yeah, Ryan, I agree with you. They are numbers, and I, I'm the one that brought that up. The numbers that you mentioned are so important. They are. And uh, all the numbers that you hear, that I, I think the important part of it, the accuracy of the month. In other words, it's not a myth, Alex. It's not a legend. No, it started on the 10th day of that month, and you can nail it down. That's when it started. And so those numbers are important to that. Do they have a spiritual dimension? Some of them do. Some of them are just, they're stating the date and the numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, um, you know, I, I think we use the word exegesis. E-X is a Greek prefix meaning out of. We exegete, and there there's so much that's clear I just think we need to be cautious with the things that are less than clear. And I agree. Look, if it says the 10th day, that there is significance. There's nothing wasted in the Scripture. But I think very often the things that are, let's just use the word esoteric, a little bit hidden, um, there's a significance even if we don't know what the significance actually is. But regarding salvation and Jesus and so much about the Christian life, we definitely do know. We do. Hey, uh, okay. Alex, we're not going to yeah. have time to go to Nelson. Uh, we oh, got I'm less. Sorry. Yeah, we got less than a minute, and Nelson, we wouldn't have time to respond to that. But we appreciate you calling in. We're not cutting you off just because we don't want to talk with you. We appreciate you, brother. But let me ask you: yeah. uh, This Sunday, I'll be at First Baptist Church Baldwin here in Northeast Mississippi preaching. Looking forward to it, and we welcome people there. It starts at nine thirty. And uh, I'll be preaching. We'll be worshiping the Lord. Those are always exciting weekends, aren't they, Alex? They really are. And I want to tell people I'm going to be at Rockfish Church in Fayetteville the third weekend of this month. Fayetteville, it's always a big time down there. And you can find out all of the details and more at my own website, which is alexmcfarland.com. Hey, folks, thanks for listening to Exploring the Word. Please pray for this ministry. Tell others about all the great programming on the American Family Radio Network, but most of all, the most important thing, tell everybody about Jesus. Jesus.